I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Judges, Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. I'm going to make a statement in just a second that I don't think you've ever heard another preacher say, and it's about um, Judges chapter 13. Let me give you a little bit of insight of what's going on right now with, um, with me. Um, I am going in for another surgery on Wednesday. Um, I was under the um, impression by one doctor that it was gonna, it's not as hard. They've, they've given me some restrictions, but not as many, and it doesn't last as long, but I'm going to be out for two weeks with this one. And basically what they're doing is running a wire underneath my arm, hitting the, this kind of sounds weird, they're screwing the wire into my heart with four little tiny screws. I hope they're small. I hope, don't, don't, don't think, hope they're going to be really big, you know. Um, and then they're going to run a wire all the way up. And this thing's already healed, but they'll have to open it up again and, and um, plug it into my pacemaker and defibrillator. And this is the one that's supposed to make my heart stronger. So um, I, with that said, you know, I, I won't be here the next week. And next week's homecoming. But with that said, we have Brother Spencer. He's going to be here with us at homecoming. And then Brother um, Daniel will preach the following week. Sunday school will start November 8th, and it'll be in here. All the adults and the teenagers and the, and the college students will be in here. And then we'll have three different classrooms, and they're going to be the big classrooms for the children. And um, they'll be in the, the big rooms that we have over there, and one of them will be in the gym also. So you just make your plans to come to that. Be faithful. You know, the, the sad thing about uh, coronavirus with what we've had is some people have gotten habits of not coming to church. It's easier to watch online. I mean, you watch with your pajamas on and drink a cup of coffee. Be here. You need the assembly together for encouragement. You know, you could have, looked, you could have heard Lauren's song on the, on the Internet, but it sure sounded better in person, didn't it? And I want to encourage you. And the way we've done our auditorium now, if you need that separation, sit on this side. And when we leave, these two groups are going to leave first. That'll probably get everybody to sit over there next week. But um, I've got some places over here that, that are reserved for families. I know there's some big families that sit there. They're not here today. But I want to encourage you to keep your distance, keep your mask on when you come in, get your temperature taken. I mean, I don't want this to go out. This is not something that anybody, any preacher would want. I have some preacher friends that their churches are shut down this week. Um, I have my, my church that I worked at in Illinois, it's shut down for two weeks with some of the things that's went on with it with COVID. So you make sure you keep those distances, make sure you do what's right. Let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to read two verses, and then we're going to get right into this. We're going to praise the Lord this morning. I'm going to show you how we're going to do it. And it's found in verse number, um, um, Judges chapter 13 and verse 24 and 25. And I've wanted to preach for many weeks. I'm glad I'm up here, and I'll move my left arm a little bit. Don't get shocked. I can lift it up, but I'm not supposed to pick up anything, and and so, but I'm okay, all right? So you make sure you pray for me. And, and the verse says this, it says, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord, what? What's the next word? Blessed him. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtadol. You know, I'm thankful for Samson. And we're going to look at that in just a second. Randy, could you help us with a word of prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. I feel like a cheerleader. Anybody feel like a cheerleader? We're in a meeting and we've got to get everybody excited. Because I'm telling you what, we should praise the Lord. Amen. You know, and my wife and I had a long talk last night. Of course, you're concerned when you go into surgery. Um, and then when they're talking about a, a heart, it's like, well, what are you doing? And the surgeons, I don't like talking to them. 
Because they'll, they'll just say, well, we're going to screw these things in your heart. Da, 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 da. And it, I'm like, it's easy for you to say that. Let me just screw something into your finger and see how you like it, all right? So, um, and if you listen to my, what happened to me on my last, last surgery, it was a lot of things that went on. And this last Wednesday, I t- did some tests, and, and I, I, I was running late to one of the tests, and I had to go to the restroom real fast. And you know how sometimes you overlook certain things? Well, there was these, the, the, all the, the restroom was filled up. There was one opening, there was actually two openings. And one was, how many of you ever go into the, the um, handicap one? It's bigger. And so I just ran in there real quick. I, I knew I had to be back in, in three minutes over to the other, um, to the office. And I ran in, I, and I opened the door, locked the door, I turned around, and I did not look in. There was somebody already in there. <laughs> and he's looking at me. I'm about a foot away from him. I'm like, oh, sorry. And he goes, oh, it happens all the time. I thought it never happens to me. And I guarantee you I'm not going to do this again. So I jumped out of that. And then he starts talking to me like we're best friends. I have no idea why some things happen in my life. So, um, you know, sometimes you could praise the Lord. Here's some ways you can praise the Lord. The first one is this, by singing. Taylor's here visiting, and he he talked with me yesterday, and he said this morning, he said, just singing will uplift you. That's That's why people sing. You know, there's songs that I've sang. God wants to hear you sing. And that song's all about when you're going through trials and tribulations. It's easy to sing when everything's going right. It's harder to sing when things are going bad. So we need to sing. We need to talk. What does this mean when we're praising the Lord? Just talk to the Lord. He wants to hear from you. Now, He knows everything about you, but He still needs to talk to you. And I talk to Him all the time. And the third one is this. Read. Read about the Lord. Psalm. If you get discouraged, read the book of Psalms. Now, don't read the first three verses, Wendell, in Psalms and get encouraged. You have to read the whole chapter in Psalms because usually the first three verses are are about bad things that have happened in his life. But David will encourage you if you just keep reading his word, and you all know that. But I want you to make sure you understand this. Have you ever been in a situation and ever made this statement? I just don't have anything to praise the Lord about in my life. I'm watching these people that that are out there and and they're going to these riots, and they're doing all these different things, and I'm not seeing happiness in their life. In fact, they, they, the mob mentality is, is just to yell over the other person. And then there's violence. There was violence in the last one, just recently in Portland. I think it was in Portland, where the guy got his tooth knocked out. You know, we, we're, we live in a world that a lot of people feel this way. I just don't have anything to praise the Lord about in my life. Yes, you do. Just look around what you have to be thankful for. You know, I, I, we, we drive nice cars, we wear nice clothes. We're all going to probably eat a nice meal today, amen? You already got your meal planned? Anybody, who's got your meal planned? Raise your hand up. All right, Dorcas is the first hand up. She's had her meal planned for like four weeks, she knows what she's having. You've got to get on her schedule if you want that. You know, as you, as you look at this, We've got something to praise the Lord about. Now, look, look at this. I want to talk to you about this, the God of. There's many people in the Bible that you'll see the statement in the Bible of this. Now, watch this. You've heard this. Have you ever heard of the God of Abraham? That's found numerous times in the Bible. And then there's also, there's, there's some other ones that come along with Abraham. Who are they? Isaac. What's the other one? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You've heard in the Bible, you've heard the God of Israel. And, and, and you just read these stories and everybody talks and rants and raves about, oh, the God of Abraham. 
And he is the God of Abraham. But he's also the God of Walter. He's the God of what your name is. And everything he's done for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, he'll do for you. There's some other people that are mentioned in the Bible. What about Noah? Aren't you thankful for the God of Noah? Someone that took care of people, took care of him, showed him how to build something, brought the animals in, did all these different things. Can you imagine if God would not have been the God of Noah? How in the world would he have gotten all the animals? What about this, the God of Daniel? The God that shut the lion's mouth. The God that made him overseer of a great country. And you have the God of Moses. You talk about something with that, you see all the things that Moses did wrong, but he's still the God of Moses, and he cared about him in the wilderness. And I love that aspect. If you've been, if you've been watching, reading, um, doing the Sunday school lesson, it's amazing to me how God takes care of us before we even know he's taking care of us. He sends who? He sends Aaron to go see Moses while Moses is complaining about not talking. And then he goes, hey, someone's coming, and boom, 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 there he is. So he's the God of Moses, and and one of the ones I like is the God of David. A man after God's own heart. He was God of David. And, And you think about what David went through. If it wasn't for the God of David, David would have been messed up. David needed God so much that you can't, even, you, can't even, you can't even sit there and go figure out how God helped him because he helped him so much. He, he could have been the most discouraged person in the world. But he, he relied on God himself. But what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is very simple. But you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for the God of Samson. I've never heard a preacher say that. I'm thankful for the God of Samson. Because when you think about Samson... Mistake after mistake. I mean mistake after mistake. You look at all the things that he did. He was downtrodden at the very end of his life. And he asked for God one thing. And you know what he asked for God? Suicide. God offered it to him. You think about all the things. Maybe, maybe somebody, you're, somebody you're thinking of that's just in a situation where they just think, I can't do anything right. I failed and I failed and I failed. And I, does anybody in here other than me get tired of failing? I mean, I have to watch my attitude all the time. I think God brought driving in my life just to watch my attitude. You know, I like to, I like to honk my horn. How many of you, how many of you like to honk your horn? Okay. I, I want to see. Raise your hand. Don't be scared. There's only three, there's only six honest people in this room. My my father-in-law tells me that it's called horn cussing when you do that. I don't know what that means. But I get mad at people. I've got to work on my attitude. There's things you do wrong all the time. And when you read Samson's story, you think, why would he do the things that he did? Maybe it's our attitude. Maybe it's our actions. We fail in our actions. Maybe we fail in our non-actions. God tells you to speak to somebody, you don't do it. Hmm. You know, when you think about this, this next statement, what did Samson do for God? I've got some things written down. Can you tell me one great accomplishment that he did? He was a judge, and he killed Philistines. But that's about it. To my knowledge, I've never heard a preacher say that he was thankful for the God of Samson, but you know what? I can relate to Samson. 
And I think a lot of people in here can relate to Samson. Or you know somebody that can relate to Samson. Let's just praise the Lord because sometimes we look for big things or events to praise the Lord. But can I say this? Let's have some real events and really thing, real, real things happen in our life. Because in all actuality, that's the thing that means the most to us. I'm going to tell you the story real quick of the, 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 the story of Samson. But we're going to look at three aspects of Samson's God. And I want you to see these. And I know we've sang a lot and I want to get, get you through this. But I want you to see this. Number one, with Samson's God, he was a God with a plan. Samson's God was a God with a plan. Now, I can honestly say this to you. If I, was a, if I was God and I was planning out Samson's life, I would have never done what Samson would have done. I would never ask him to do what Samson did. Because in all actuality, everybody in this room, if I were to ask you if Samson was a failure or a success, what would you say? How many of you would say he was a failure? Raise your hand. Everybody that knows the story would say, yes, he's a failure. There's some misnomers about him. Number one, he probably was not a big guy. No one understood where his strength was. I don't think he was muscular like me. He was probably skinny like who? I, I'm not going to say like Randy, okay? You know, you, you look at these and you think, how did God use him? But God always had a plan for him. And to study his plan, you've got to look at some things in his life. What was Samson's story? We're going to break it down. And notice the little section. He is found in Judges chapter 13 through 20, verse 24 through 1631, which means he's in 74 verses. And in those 74 verses, there's not much you can find that's good about him. Now to scare you a little bit, we're going to go nine lines in his life, and I'm going to go through a story real quick. You could tell his story in just nine short lines. The first one, he got a wife from the wrong area. His, his parents said, listen... Can't you just find one where you need to find one? Quit going to the Philistines. So he goes and he gets the wrong wife. This next one's got a lot in it. It's the vineyard and the lion's honey. First of all, he was not supposed to be in a vineyard. You ever been someplace you're not supposed to be? And he had a great victory. He kills a lion by... I don't know how he does this. David does the same thing, but he kills a lion just by his bare hands. You know, if I saw a lion, I think you'd find out how fast I could run. You know, I don't know if you saw this just recently. I think it made um, some news events where that jogger came down with a mountain lion. That mountain, how many of you saw that video where he's trying to yell at the mountain lion? Every time he yells at the mountain lion, it comes closer to him. And all I'm looking at is the size of that mountain lion's paws when he's doing it about this big. He could have killed that guy real quick. So he kills this lion, and he leaves a carcass there. And then later on, he's walking by that vineyard again, and he sees the lion, and there's honey inside the lion. Well, there's nothing wrong with honey, but the problem was is what he was. He wasn't supposed to touch a dead animal. So he gets the honey, and to even make things even more confusing, he talks to his mom and dad and gives his mom and dad some. So now you've got this. Then he tells these 30 companions that are with him, he tells them a riddle. Say, listen, if you can figure out this riddle, and the riddle's about the honey and the, and the lion. He says, if you can figure out this riddle, I will give you something. If, I, if you can't figure it out, you'll do something for me. And then his wife starts crying and weeps and says, listen, I want you to tell me. You won't tell me what it is. So he shares it with her. And of course, she tells them, 
And he owes them some, some, some objects. So he goes down, a little unbeknownst to them, he goes down and he kills 30 men, takes their clothing and gives it to the other 30 men. That makes them irate. Then he, has, he gets another, he, his wife is given away. And then there's a, the story of the 300 foxes. We read that. Do you even fathom what he did with the 300 foxes? I don't know how he did it. Could someone, if I brought, let's just say I brought 10 foxes in here. First of all, let me, let me tell you something. A fox can bite you. They're not domestic animals. And he rounds up 300 of them. I've never seen 30 at one given time. And what does he do? He ties them up together. Somehow. Anybody want to volunteer for that one? I wouldn't volunteer for the lion, but I still wouldn't volunteer for the foxes. He sets them afire and they run through the fields, they catch everything on fire. I don't know. I'm just, I, in my mind, I'm trying to picture how in the world he did that. But he did. He set it on fire. That really made him mad also. And so all of a sudden, he, these guys come and they're, they're going to come upon him and he picks up the jawbone of an ass and he kills 1,000 men. Now fathom that. Let's just say we have 100 people in here. Let's multiply it times 10. And you're all coming at me at one time. Can you imagine the miracle in itself that Samson did here? He kills a thousand men. But it also says that he was a judge, because sometimes when you read it, you just think he was in and out. He was a judge for 20 years. And last but not least, in the last chapter of his life, the first part of the verse says that he goes into a harlot. And then he takes the gate and moves the gate because these guys are trying to kill him. Then he meets his wonderful girlfriend, Delilah. To show you how much you despise Delilah, anybody in here ever named their child Delilah? I know of one Delilah, and I can guarantee you this, they're not going to church, right? You don't name your, your, your child Delilah. Like, okay, anybody in here name their daughter Jezebel? Why? Because of the connotation of that. So then you have, you have Samson's life, and here comes Delilah, and everybody knows what happens with Delilah, but Delilah is offered, she's sold out for 1,100 pieces of silver by each person. They don't tell how many people are there. She sells out Samson. And then Samson, she starts batting her eyes at Samson, saying, listen, tell me if you love me, you'll tell me what happens. He tells her in verse number 7 in chapter 16 that if you put seven green withs around him, that have never been dried, you wrap him up in that, he, he, I'll lose my strength. She calls the Philistines to come upon him, he rips them open and, and she gets upset. The second time he says, if you just put new ropes around me that have never been occupied, never been used, that will take my strength away. And of course she does it and every time he, she says, he says something to her, it happens. I don't know what the man is thinking. He wakes up, he's got these seven new ropes around, these ropes around him he, and he just breaks them like they're nothing the third time she asked him she says you put he said you put seven weaves of, of my on my head then I'll lose my strength now you know Daniel hit this a little bit but as I was as I was studying this can you imagine sleeping through someone doing this now remember his hair is really long it's not been cut but you're still you're sleeping and someone's messing with your hair how many of you could stay asleep during that I guess Samson was a very deep sleeper and I want to mention this to you. See where it starts? It starts with the green widths, and then it talks about the ropes. 
Then it talks about the seven weaves. Do you notice he's getting closer to where he needs to go? And then the fourth one is this. If I be shaven, I'll lose my strength. Now, here's another one. How many of you could sleep through someone cutting all your hair off? Now, some of you, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Let me try to look at it. Brother Ellison, I think you could probably do that. Um, I'm not going to say Alan because he's, he's really conscious of it. But anyway, there's a lot of people that could lose their hair. Can you imagine sleeping through that? But he does. Well, the saddest verse is when he wakes up, he doesn't realize God's with him anymore. They cut all of his hair off. He doesn't have the strength. And they know what to do to him. What's the first thing they do to him? They catch him. What's the next thing they do to him? They take his eyes out. That way he can't see where they're coming. And here's a man they have no idea what's happening to, that, that he has no idea what they're doing. And he's been the judge of Israel. And almost an utter failure. Almost an utter failure. But I can tell you this, God had a plan for him. This thing that, that I see in, in Samson's life is he had a God with a plan, but he also had a God with forgiveness. Let's look at the Bible verses in here. I want you to read this along with me. I want you to turn to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. And I want you to see this. Verse number 25. I'm going to read to the end of the, chap, end of the chapter. It says, or, or 30. It says, And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they, they said, Call for Samson that he may, may make a sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that, that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon a roof about 3,000 men and women. And behold, while Samson made sport. Now watch this. Watch what he does to God. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once. O God, that I may be at, at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. He said, And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one that on the right hand and on the other on the left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. Now, if it ended right here, it'd be pretty sad because God could have legitimately said to him, I'm not going to help you. You've got yourself in this predicament. You get yourself out. I don't know if I was God, if I would have done that to him. But I know he had a God that was forgiveness. And basically took him out of his misery. See, this was not the original plan that God had for him, but is how God had to make the plan change because of Samson's situation. We serve a God that has a plan for us. And so often in that plan, I look at me and I think, man, I messed that plan up. I messed that plan up. I messed that plan up. And then I up being plan D because I've not done what I needed to do. But then we have this forgiveness that God shows forgiveness of a man that has nothing, that's done nothing right. Nothing. We look at Samson, and you know what's sad about this story is all the kids know this story. You know why they know this story? Because Samson was strong. 
And can I say this? He was strong in his physical, but he was weak in his spiritual. Sometimes we relate to that, don't we? Oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I can tell you how I feel when I go into surgery. There's been every surgery I've had, I had to get on one girdie on the another. They don't ever pick me up. I think they think, man, he's big, I can't put him on there. And so they said, can you scoot over to this gurney? And so I, I scoot over and I'm in the surgery. And I remember when they take me in that first gurney and they run me through the hallway and I can see what I want to do. I'll show you what I want to do. There's a one hallway that has small doors that they bar- the thing barely fits. You know what I want to do? Tammy, I want to grab both doors and say, no! Take somebody else! But can I say it to you right when I'm about ready to put my arms up? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 kick in. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say, no, you're going to do what to my heart? No. And then you've got to say, no, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to lean not. But truth be known, I'd go down screaming, kicking, and yelling, just like most of you would. We have a God that forgives us. Samson pushes the things away. And look what the verse says. Samson said, it says in verse number 30, it says, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than he slew in his life. Which he slew in his life. He killed more people that day. And as you look at this, you see that you have a God that has forgiveness. But you know one thing I like about Samson's God? Not only is he a God with a plan, he's a God with forgiveness, but he's a God with grace. Remember when I told you there were 74 verses in the Bible about Samson? 73 of them were in the Old Testament. One was in the New Testament. Let's go to that. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And this is what amazes me. This is what amazes me about his story. Hebrews chapter 11. And everybody knows this is what? The chapter of... Faith. Okay? As I look at this, he's in one verse, and it's found in Hebrews chapter 11. And I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, it says this it says, And what shall I more say? And this is Paul writing this. He says, For the time which would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of, uh, and of the prophets. You know, when I read this story, I think, could he not have picked somebody a little bit better? But I think this is a sign of what God's grace is. God, God's grace is this. He'll look over your faults. And he still loves you despite them. He's the God of Samson. Now listen, folks. If he's the God of Samson and he can love Samson despite his faults, he can love me. And he can love you. And he can love those around you that you don't think God can love. Because when I look at the story of Samson, I don't see anything good. Think about this. In this story, he he doesn't say Isaiah. Isaiah is not mentioned in the chapter of faith. Daniel is not mentioned in the chapter of faith. That's an amazing thing. Because if there's someone that had faith, Daniel had it. And I know he couldn't list everybody because he says that. But what about Elijah? What about Elisha? What about Nehemiah? you got all these people that have faith, and Bernard, he doesn't choose them. He chooses right about Samson. In fact, to take it a step further, 
he, he lists one lady. Well, he lists um, Sarah, but what's the other lady he mentions? Rahab the harlot. Her name itself is terrible. He never lists Ruth or Esther. He lists Rahab. He's talking about faith. As I look at this story, I see God doing so many wonderful things. But when I see the name Samson up there, you know what I think? I sure can relate to Samson. Can't you? You know what this gets me to go? It makes me understand that God can use anybody. It also makes me understand that he can, the most down and out person, God can still use. God can still prepare. God can still forgive. God can still have a plan. And God can show grace on that person. You know, I think the problem is with most of the people in America is we think we deserve something. Well, look at me. I go to church. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Being baptized does not make you a Christian. Being a member of a church does not make you a Christian. You know, when I think of Samson's God, I think of a man, a God that has a plan. Despite our faults. I'm encouraged by Samson. Because I sit there and go, wow, if God can use him with everything he's written in 74 verses and still put him in the chapter of faith, that's amazing to me. Does anybody, does any, everybody in here think the way I do is, why did God put his name in there? Anybody ever thought that? Okay, raise your hand. Me and Mark Gardner are the only ones, others, my wife, but I, show, I told her to think that before so she knows what's going on. But, you know, as, as I look at this, I see there's no reason why God should have used him. But God had a plan for him. And for 20 years, he was a judge. Not only that, God also shows forgiveness. Anybody in here need forgiveness? Everybody in this room needs forgiveness. And can I say this? Everybody outside this room needs forgiveness. And I'm not talking about the security in the church. I'm talking about everybody else. We sure do serve a great God, don't we? And he also gives us grace. So when I look at it, I think of my failures. And I'm just being very blunt with you. I'm not the person I need to be. You're not the person you need to be. And what happens is Satan gets in our mind and says, listen, we can't do anything. You can't do anything. Look what you did. Look at your attitude. Look where you went. Look what you watched. Look, look who you run around with. Look what you do do. do. Look what you don't do. You can get really discouraged that way. Can I say this to you? You know who's, who tells you that? It's not God. It's Satan. And he wants to discourage you and discourage you and discourage you. In the lowest part of Samson's life, Wendell, watch this. God was there. Because the lowest part was when they brought him amongst all these people and making sport of him. They were making fun of him. They were teasing him. Oh, this is the great judge that God brought to us. And look at him. He's, his eyes are poked out. He has no strength whatsoever. He used to kill us. He killed a thousand of us at one time. Killed 30 of us at one time. Did all these different things. Took the gate. Took the, took the gate out of the city. Carried it up. Put it on the hill. He did all these things. Now look at him now. And Samson, unworthy bows his head and says, God, can you please give me my strength back? Just one more time. And a merciful God, let him have his strength. And he could hear the cheers and, and everybody making fun of him. 
and he had a lad there, and he, the lad sets him up, he pushes it down, falls in, and he kills more on that date. So I want to tell you something. God has a plan, but our actions will make it an alternate plan. I wonder what Samson would have done if he would have just done the plan right off the bat. He had a godly mom and, mom and dad, but he even betrayed them. And if God, the God of Samson, if he can do those things for Samson, just think what he can do for you. So I'm thankful we have a God that has forgiveness. I'm thankful that a God that shows grace. When, if it was me and I was God, Brother Moody, I would have just said him, I'm, I'm going to make you get made fun of the rest of your life. But aren't you thankful that we're not God? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the God of Samson. Thank you for the plan that you have for my life. Thank you for the plan that you have for these people's lives. May we be faithful. I think of Virginia right now. She's recovered from that fall. Yeah, Tammy, as she's going into this surgery, give her strength to get through this. I think of Maxine as she's getting through all the things that she's went through. Or may we understand that we have many things to be thankful for. Lord, you've done so many wonderful things in our life. So often we don't praise you, we don't thank you for what you've done. May we get back to doing that. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I really did mean this. I want Lauren and her mom to come up here. I want them to sing. And while they sing, we're going to have, a, have, a, have a, a prayer time. And I just want you to praise God for what he's done. Praise him for that plan. Praise him for the forgiveness. And I wish some of you men would come forward and say, listen, I'm going to pray at this altar for my family. I'm going to pray that God will help me. You don't need to get real close to each other, but you can come up and pray for your family. Pray for yourself. We've got to have God bless us. It does not matter what happens on November 3rd. God is still God. And if the God of Samson can bless him, he can bless us. As they sing, the invitation's open. I wish, let's go ahead and stand. And I want you, no, not looking around, but if you, some of you men need to come up here and just pray for our country, pray for things that are going on. And just thank the Lord for what he's done.